myself again. Good evening again from me and, and UFC Manners. It's Steve Wraith and it's ladies' night. Uh, back to its original Monday night because uh, Newcastle have kindly decided to play on Tuesday. So uh, we're joined tonight by Alicia, Sav and Kendall. Uh, good evening, girls. How are you? Hello. Hello, thank you. Yeah, good to see you, good to see you. Um, let's get the worst part of the show out of the way first, and that's looking back at the weekend's game, Alicia. Um, what a car crash that was, <laughs> wasn't it? And I think I think we've heard it from we've heard it from everybody on Match Day Live. We've heard a little bit on the uh, on the rant uh, show that's just mm-hmm. taken place. You know, most people even expect it now. They're not even expecting a, a Newcastle win or, or or a result. They're expecting to get beat. Yeah, like that was my hope for the chance of us getting three points until we play West Brom in like March. I have no hope that we're going to win any other game. And I was like, you know what, Villa, they've got a mistake in them. We can do something. I think tomorrow we could end up getting battered again. I cannot see us getting a win. I've predicted a draw, but in my heart of hearts, I know that's probably not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why did we get it so wrong against Villa? I don't know, it changed again. We had the 3-5-2 kind of going on. Isaac Hayden ended up back at centre-back again. I feel like he just doesn't know what to do with this group of players. Like, every week it's changing. So, I don't know, the Andy Carroll-Wilson combination, then it's somebody else. It's like always chopping and changing. On paper, it looks a bit more positive, but... On the pitch, I don't know what defensively he puts them through, considering in his playing career what he was like as a defender. How our team can manage it, I do not know. But I think the whole thing that's going wrong is just the defence week in, week out, every week. And then we kind of get the ball forward to Wilson. So it's the same old, same old. Steve Bruce at the end of the game, Alicia, was uh, encouraged. Mm-hmm. What do you th- What do you think he was encouraged by? I don't know. I don't know what he's been watching. I don't know if he was sitting watching something on his iPad at half time or sitting watching the telly, but it wasn't that game because there was nothing to be encouraged by. I don't know where the delusion of this is coming from. And we keep saying it week in, week out. What is he seeing that nobody else is seeing? But yeah, it's us that gets called out for it. And it's us that are the bad people for saying that he's doing something wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think really we can say anything other than, you know, must do better. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got the Leeds game coming up tomorrow, so we'll touch on that a little bit later. Alicia, I do want to congratulate you. You've joined Kendall now in the four figures with your uh, own channel. Uh, over over a thousand subscribers now. Uh, just give a give a shout out to your channel because uh, I'm sure people will want to join your channel and uh, Kendall's as well. So uh, just give a, a, a little shout out to it, just to where people can find you and and listen to your points of view on Newcastle United. Yeah, so mine's just as it says on my name there, just my name and then FC. That's my YouTube thing. And if you could subscribe, we are on the road to 2K. So if you could do, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> good stuff. No problem. Kendall, good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just trying to, uh, you know, get the three-year-old sorted and occupied. So. That was good. We were we were all rather impressed with your uh, your avatar that you left. It it was like Kendall's not in. She's got our uh, posh little sign and all that. That was quite <laughs> your little logo. Yeah. So Aston Villa, where did it all go wrong? Um, about you having half goal. <laughs> 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 so um, look. We set up the same every week. It's no different. We all we go into a game expecting to lose now. Um, obviously, as soon as, you know, Sharon, Dallow made a couple of mistakes for the first goal, it was kind of game over from that point. Um, I'm actually surprised it was only two. I really was expecting a couple more, the way Aston Villa attack and stuff. Um, but it was, just, it was just awful. There was just no one who, um, you know, was trying apart from really Almiron. Um, Callum Wilson doesn't get any service. If Shelby's not lumping the ball up to Andy Carroll, um, we've got no hope. Like, because uh, not last game, the game before, obviously Shelby was having really serious issues getting past the first man and um, taking corners. It was better at, against Aston Villa, but um, yeah, it was just awful, really. And obviously, we saw at the end of the game, Jamal Lewis was practically in tears. Jamal Lascelles was literally look like he couldn't breathe. I don't know whether that's obviously you know the effects of COVID still, and he was like literally like like actually like 
blowing. Like, it, honestly, it was awful. Um, and everyone just looked so deje- dejected and it was just horrible. And that just, to me, just tells you everything, to be honest. I mean, we've been saying for weeks that the dressing room has been lost by Bruce. And I think that just showed you everything, really. But now the next step is for one of the players, like when Lascelles came out the time before, like three years ago, and said, you know, this club's not good enough. The players haven't been good enough. Um, we need that again because that, that was when we kind of overturned a little bit and Rafa came and we, we kicked back on again. We need what? that now because we need someone to step up and take responsibility because the manager's not doing it. He's given every excuse under the sun. And what the hell he was encouraged by, I don't know, encouraged by what? The downfall of the championship. Oh, I'm really encouraged that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> it wasn't coming progressing progression. I can't even speak. It wasn't even encouraged like that was good. I, honestly, I don't know what he was seeing in that at all. I really, really, truly don't. And I am dreading tomorrow. Dreading. And the fact that obviously we'll probably pick up on it later on in the show, but the fact that he's obviously banned written press at his uh, press conference and, and stuff just shows. Yeah, he said, "Oh, I'm not one to shy away." Is that what you're doing? Are you not shying away from the written press? Like he's such a hypocrite. It's unbelievable. The rage he gives us, I just feel like <laughs> irrational rage towards towards him now. I really, really do. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly strange, Sav. Uh, it, it's a weird situation, it really is, and it's it, it's a one which is going to cause a great amount of concern amongst the fan base. Um, but that game, uh, you know, we even heard Jack Grealish um, at one point on the pitch. It was picked up on the microphone what he thought of our team, and it wasn't very complimentary. It was an awful day at the office again. It is a case of same drafts, different day for us all the time at the moment. And I'm sorry, but Steve Bruce sits in these press conferences and he sometimes makes it sound like we're going to turn up with something different. And some at times, like that used to work. Like everyone said he was like the luckiest manager in the Premier League because we would sneak a lucky win. It would be a real scrappy win, but we would sneak one. That luck has run out for him now. And now you're looking at players who look clearly dejected um, how Lascelles, like Kendall was saying, how he was being played when he was clearly struggling to breathe at times. Um, I couldn't understand why he was still on the pitch. Um, you know, it's I don't understand what management he's doing and how we're progressing in any single way. Since we're playing further up the pitch, arguably maybe a little bit, but not, you know, we still fall straight back the first time, you know, the first time they run at us because the confidence is so low and then we'll sit further back again. Um it's just, it's painful to watch. I don't understand how, obviously, Frank Lampard's got sacked today and Steve Bruce is still sat in his job. Look, I was saw a um, report earlier saying that he's safe in the, there till the end of the season. Like, how can you make those sorts of decisions when we're on such a poor run of form? There's clearly something got gone on. You'll never, I don't think we're going to find out exactly what it is. But those, uh, you know... Touching back on what Kendall said as well, at the end of that match, those players, they looked like we'd just lost a cup final. They looked shattered. And there's something not right there. I don't understand how he's still there, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. Uh, We've got a question in for you all. So let's go with this. Peter's asked a question. Uh, Where do you see Lampard and Rafa ending up in their next jobs, Alicia? Well... Lampard kind of nailed it at Derby, let's be honest. He, he'd done a good job, he proved his worth, but I think the Premier League is going to be too much of a jump of him yet. Um, he spent £200 million at Chelsea. Arguably, to, it, by no means I'm saying it's completely harsh what Chelsea have done, considering you only lost five in this short spell. But I don't know if anybody could put that trust in him after Chelsea being kind of like the iconic link that he had. I thought that that would have saved him some time. So I don't know if he might drop back into the championship or kind of a mid-table, lower-table Premier League team. Rafa is apparently going to Celtic, is the rumours that I've been hearing. But I couldn't see him going to Scotland, surely. I mean, I know he dropped out to China, but Scotland's got to be even worse than that. Um, So again, would he come... He wouldn't come back... To Newcastle, I believe at this moment in time, with Mike Ashley still here, we know the trust is gone between them two. I wouldn't expect to be coming anywhere near us at the minute. If the takeover goes through, maybe there's a chance there's been rumours about that that Stavely's kind of eyeing him up. But again, probably could Rafa go back to Chelsea? I don't know because a lot of Chelsea fans do hate Rafa for some reason. 
I couldn't see him going back. I'll probably say again, like a mid-table Premier League side. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people linking him with Newcastle. He is Stavely's first choice, I would say. Um, but Stavely has to have the club uh, along with PCP and the Rubens for that to happen. And um, at the moment, we are no further forward on that. So it's going to be interesting. Maybe it's a watch and brief for Rafa. He's going to wait and see what happens be plenty of teams that would have them. Big shout out to our sponsors, oldcoachhousedistillery.co.uk, the world's first alcohol-free distillery. Visit their website, enter the code OCHD to claim your introductory 10% discount and get the most out of your mindful dry January. And also a big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk, who make pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and in Newcastle. Also make our t-shirts, which you can get from newcastlelegends.com. And some fancy gifts that they've been doing. Um, some of the girls, uh, some of the lads have uh, featured and you'll be able to see them on a regular basis on our social media posts so a big shout out to all of the sponsors tonight yeah same question to you then Kendall uh, where do you see Rafa and Lampard ending up in their next jobs um, well, as Alicia says I think Chelsea was a little bit of a step up from Frank obviously he's never going to turn the job down it's his dream job it's his club do you know what I mean he's not going to turn it down um, and the signings, if what I'm hearing is true, were actually out of his control. The sort of the hierarchy, sort of direct signings over him. Obviously, he'll have a say, but I think they have the last word because um, Lampard wanted to bring Rice back to the club, and obviously that hasn't happened. Um, so whether or not he'll he'll go he'll go to Celtic, which is the next. Um, that's the next chat. I, I really don't know. I don't know where they're heading or what they're after at all. And obviously, we might see Lampard and Gerard head to head in the S SPL, which will be interesting. But I don't think Rafa will go to Celtic. I'm just hoping not. I've been told several times over the past three days that they'll not be able to afford his wages um, unless he takes a huge cut. So fingers crossed he's not going there. Um, I can see him possibly going back to Spain, but um, because Valencia is struggling, and obviously, that's his old club. Their manager's kind of on the brink at the moment. Um, you know, I mean, there's even teams like Barcelona who have, you know, they've got Ronald Coleman back in and they're not doing too great. Um, otherwise, he did say in the statement that he was focusing on his family, who I am aware live in Cheshire, I want to say, you know. Um, so he could possibly be coming back to England, hoping that there's a job comes up soon. Can't see him come back under Ashley as much as I would cry if he came back like, that would literally make my year if he came back I can't see Ashley being big, like, you know, big enough to put his tail between his legs and say we're sorry like come back like now because you know we need you or whatever and I can't see Rafa having such little respect for himself to go back um, under the circumstances that he left him previously so unless there is a takeover on the horizon as you say um, I can't see him coming back to us Arsenal seem to be sticking with Arteta Chelsea are getting two shell, as far as I'm aware, um, meant to be confirmed by Wednesday. So I really don't know what's next for either of them, to be honest. I think it'll be pretty interesting to see where they go next. Yeah, me too. Sav, where do you think they'll end up, Rafa and Lampard? Do you know what? I don't have a clue. I don't... There's so many rumours that fly about. I saw this. Someone sent me this letter um, from Celtic that's saying that Rafa was going there but then obviously you don't know you know if that's a legit letter or if someone's just mocked that up um, Lampard you know obviously I feel sorry for him like you know I've seen the Chelsea fans kicking off and I'm like you don't know you don't know the half of it you want to be stuck with Steve Bruce but um, I, I think he was out of his depth a little bit with the Chelsea job I do feel he's been treated a bit unfairly you know maybe sort of championship sort of club I'm not sure um Rafa I, I agree with Alicia and Kendall I don't think he's coming back to us all the time we've still got Mike Ashley in charge and you know if if we get a takeover I hope he comes back but if he gets if he goes to another club in the meantime I'm going to be booing I'm going to be really sad because I just it's that little bit where you just hope that he will come back and it's just never see it hasn't obviously materialised and we're just stuck with Steve Bruce in charge. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen so many rumours, I don't know what to believe. Okay. Alicia, let's look at uh, Graham Jones coming into the club. Steve Bruce was asked about him at the end of the uh, the match. The, uh, the the cameras were in his face, the microphone was in his face, and he got asked about Graham Jones and he couldn't get out of there quick enough. He's clearly not very happy about it. Um, we've had to pay compensation to get this guy in, uh, to come in as uh, Steve Bruce's number two. Strange situation. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange situation. Um, I 
Yeah, we love paying a bit of compensation now. You know, maybe put that to some players and it would be useful. Um, but it's a strange one. I, I don't get it. Like, are we going for the other Geordie PR stunt again? I, I just don't get it. Um, if Steve Bruce isn't good enough as head coach, then get rid of him. Don't then go and get another coach to help him. Like, if you're really that worried about it, just get rid of him. Because Steve Bruce clearly is in his own mind of what he can see and he's not going to have anybody else tell him what he needs to do because he thinks he's right and he thinks what he says goes and if he's doing it his way how can somebody else come in and tell him what to do I, I don't understand it and I don't understand why we're paying so much compensation for it when he has god knows how many coaches already I just do not get it yeah, me neither. Kendall, it's a strange move. I mean, paying for him as well is, is strange. He's from the northeast. Um, is this a move to to help Steve Bruce or is it a, a move to try and get him to, to, to leave? I just don't see the point. If you're going to pay compensation for number two, why not pay compensation and get a number one who's going to bring the backroom staff? Like, do you know what I mean? It makes absolutely zero sense. Why are we, why are we paying compensation at a championship number two? Like when we could just get rid of everyone and just get new manager, like it, it's just it makes no sense to me at all. Our dugout's going to be like bloody sardines at this point. We're going to have three <laughs> assistant managers and however many else. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous to me. I just don't get it at all. Like I really, really, truly don't. He was meant to be who was? Did he was he? Did he work with Martinez at Belgium? Or something? Yeah, he was number two for yeah. Belgium. Um. And that's fair enough, but the quality in a Belgian in the Belgian team is unreal. We we've like got nothing like that here. I just I don't get it. It's it's baffling. I really don't know whether it's you know another sort of Andy Carroll, Steve Bruce esque move where they're trying to bring you know Geordie's back to the club and hope that we get on board with it and think oh Geordie's back at the club. Like, but I just really don't see the point in it at all. I, you know what Steve Agnew going to do? Is he's going to be number three? <laughs> It just—it's absolutely bizarre. It is the totally weirdest thing that they could have done. Like, why not just pay Steve Bruce out? Like, it'll be probably one point five mil, and then get a vacant manager to come in who you're not paying compensation towards for a club, taking it off them, and actually getting decency in rather than paying Bournemouth to take their number two just to come and be our number two when we've already got a number. Two. Like, just honestly, there's someone explain to me the logic behind it because I really, I just have none. <laughs> I don't have a logical explanation for what's going on. I really don't. No, me neither. Uh, it's a strange one, Sav, bring it, bringing somebody in at this stage in the season. Uh, as Kendall says, you would expect maybe a managerial change and, you know, a new broom uh, sweeps clean, you bring in new people. But to bring somebody into a, a setup which is clearly not working and somebody with a CB, uh, CV which has relegation on it, you know, he, he was a part of the Bournemouth team that went down. Um, he accompanied uh, Darren Moore into the championship with West Brom. Um, you know, his CV... Uh, quite quite frankly in the Premier League isn't isn't good reading. Yeah, I can't make any sense behind it. I mean, like Kendall was saying, I don't understand why we can't just ship Steve Bruce off instead. I reckon Steve Bruce must have something on Mike Ashley or something to be holding on to that job. I don't understand any other way how he's managing to do it. And I mean, when you saw him in that press conference, he's obviously not pleased about it. Um, you know, because he shut everyone down straight away. And then there was today, wasn't there, where he wouldn't have the written media um, in the press conference asking questions and I just think there's more going on than what we all know about uh, whether or not he's, he's coming in so Steve Bruce can be shipped out but then again as I said I read that article earlier that says that he's not going anywhere till the end of the season this is what I was on about with rumours there's so much that flies around you don't know what what is real and what is not and I think that's why we all get these little conspiracy theories going that something you know because you just question it and question it. But I don't understand why that's happening and why we haven't just shipped Steve Bruce out the door. It's not working. Our run of form like, is, like, shocking. And there's only one way we're going, and that's down. And nothing, you know, I can't see that changing all the time he's in charge. 
No, I mean, me neither. And, and you talk about the, you know, the rumours that are flying round. I mean, it shows that it is quite easy. We're, we're, you know, we've heard today, as you say, from Lee Ryder that Steve Bruce um, will be here at the end of the season. I mean, I haven't read that article, but, you know, is there any substance in that? Do we know? There's been no official statement from Lee Charnley, has there, to say that, uh, Sav? No, this is the thing, and this is what I always come back to, is the lack of communication um, from the club to the fans. There's just nothing. It's all cut off. We're all left guessing what's what's going on. We're reading these articles that are being put out that, you know, a lot of the time aren't right. But then when that's all you've got to go on, that's what you read and that's what you sort of generally think in that direction. And it's it's just all squiff. There's a lot wrong with the club and, it's you know, how it treats the fans and it should change. But to say, till Mike Ashley's gone, I don't think it's going to. No, definitely not. Alicia, um, I mentioned on the, the rant show just uh, a few minutes ago about the, the, the post that Tony Fisher had put out on Twitter and just want to know your opinions on this. Um, about protesting, you know, obviously we're all stuck at home. Uh, we're currently on a lockdown uh, across the UK. Um, you know, rumours and, and, and stuff flying around about potentially people going to the ground uh, on Tuesday night. I don't condone that. I don't think anybody should go to the ground and, and protest. I think it's ludicrous. It's a stupid suggestion. Um, but he did, t- he did talk about potentially uh, those people who are following the, the official club Twitter to unfollow it. There's 1.6 million people around the world following Newcastle on Twitter. Is that going to make any difference? Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think we should be looking at, you know, having a pop at the club like we did at the Premier League, you know, all those months ago? Well, to Steve Bruce, it's got to no, make no difference because he just thinks we're all keyboard warriors anyway. So if we all unfollow him, then we don't exist. So <laughs> to him, it's probably a good thing. Um, will it really affect Newcastle to make a change like that? I don't know. Um, because I feel like the feeling around the club is that there is no fans in the stadium Therefore, it's just all hearsay. We don't actually see what's going on. They're quite blind to it. I feel like because there is no communication from the club to start with in general, we don't have the social media presence that other teams do. Like a lot of them, you see them having banter between other teams, like what you do when you see in the German leagues and things like that. We don't have that social media presence. Whereas I feel like if we had that kind of connection, it would work, but really the only thing Newcastle put out is what Steve Bruce has been saying and videos from the players and things like that. There is no real connection between the fans and the club, so I don't feel like it would make too much of a difference, but it's the only thing we can do, so it is what it is. Okay, Kendall, what's your take on that, uh, on the, the ideas of protests? I mean, you know, protests when we've got 52,000 there tend to fail and don't work, but is, is, there, any, you know, is there any point in doing something like that? Um, look, if you'll never try, you'll never know, will you, at the end of the day? We can't do anything else. Please don't go to the ground um, and make us look horrible in the media and stupid for not socially distancing and respecting the lockdown rules. Please don't do that. Um, just, just try anything. Just try what you think is going to work. I don't think it'll work because at the end of the day, as Alicia said, Steve Bruce doesn't care. Things that we all hysteri- hysteri- hysteric and we all do, we just make noise, as he's said today. Um, that were just noise <laughs> and you know keyboard warriors and i don't think he actually realistically cares um he obviously sees the comments he obviously has shown the comments and told what we say um and clearly you know that's not bothering him or my cashby at this point because all we're getting told is that they're going to support him either way um what i do understand the idea behind the social media blackout but like realistically it's not really going to do anything because they don't really get anything from that if they just get interaction um and most of it is negative anyway so they're not going to turn the comments off you know what i mean it's just not going to be happening from a premier league club um so i don't know as i say you know if you never try you'll never know things could work and there's no harm in doing it anyway so just go for it if that's what people think yeah okay sav what's your take on the protest ideas yeah, I don't agree with going to the ground. I think that's just silly, you know, and it, that just reflects badly on us as a fan base if everyone turned down, you know, turned up at the ground while we're in this lockdown. Um, the social media thing, I, you know, like Alicia said, if we unfollow, then they can't see us anymore. So maybe that's kind of a positive because 
if you look at all their comments that they get on their posts, it's all just completely, you know, ripping Steve Bruce to pieces. Even on um, ASMs, I was looking earlier, he tweeted something earlier and it was just straight away with, you know, getting at Steve Bruce. I, you know, I don't agree with, you know, really horrific trolling. I agree with getting your point across if you've got a point to make. Um, but I, you know, I just think that you think of all these 1.6 million followers the club has. I can't see enough people being able to black out on that and that message get around to make a massive, make them massively notice that that's going on anyway. Um, I mean, obviously you do what, what you feel inspired to do, but I just can't imagine them being bothered because the club doesn't really seem to care, you know, what we think anyway, because Steve Bruce is still sat in his job tonight. Okay, uh, let's talk uh, players, Alicia, and uh, Newcastle have been linked, as we can see from uh, the comment on the screen there, uh, with uh, Stoke City's midfielder, Nick Powell. Uh, he's a 26-year-old midfielder. He's been doing quite well for Stoke City uh, uh, this season. Of course, their manager is Michael O'Neill, a former Newcastle player who I remember uh, quite fondly. Uh, but he has scored a few goals this season. And I think he scored something like seven goals this season and uh, creative player, 26-year-old. Is is that the kind of player uh, you'd like to see come in in this transfer window or, or are you just hoping that any player any player would do? I can't be picky because we're not probably going to get anybody. But yet again, it's another championship player. Our squad is just full of championship players trying to tread water in the Premier League and trying to stay out in those bottom three places. And by doing that, all we're going to do is just create more problems for ourselves. If we get an established Premier League midfielder, that's all we want. Even on loan, I'll take it. But again, it's dropping into the championship. You say they do well in the championship, but Dwight Gill done brilliant in the championship. Like... <sighs> Is he going to cut it in the Premier League? Is he going to cut it in this team that has no creativity to start with? Um, again, it's just chucking players in the deep end from the Championship. Is it going to work for the second half of the season? Probably not when we need it to work. Um, for me, if, if it's the only player we're going to get in, of course I'm going to take it. But if I had a choice, I wouldn't be bringing in the game Championship players. Okay, Kendall, is it somebody who you'd be interested in or are we building for the championship? Well, yeah, that's the thing. We always moan anyway about shopping in the bargain bin of championship teams and championship teams unwanted players and that. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Um, as Alicia said, I'm not going to moan if we're going to bring someone in. That's that's fair enough. If he's scored a few goals and he's creative, okay, fine, I'm not going to moan. Um, but why can't we actually invest properly in the squad? Why do we have to get players like on a short-term basis who like aren't an investment they're just an easy option or a cheap option like it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever um but as i say if that's the only person we're going to bring in then fair enough we need some new sort of exciting injection in there somewhere obviously premier league um that it's a, it's a big step up um, and I think a lot of people don't un they underestimate how big of a step up it is. Where not to be fair, not the football we're playing at the moment. Like that could fit nicely in League One. Um, but yeah, if, if we're gonna get him in, fair enough. I'm not gonna mourn, not gonna slate the lad. That's just stupid and pointless. But I mean, it's not realistically where I'd start. But maybe this is like I just keep pulling the positives and like the conspiracies and hope. Even if I sound delusional, I'm just going to pull the positives from anything. Maybe they're just not wanting to invest because, you know, his time's up soon and he doesn't want to invest too heavily when he has before with Steve Bruce and it hasn't worked out. So, I don't know. Sav, is that the kind of player you want to see at Newcastle? Um, you know, what's your take on, on, on us being linked with him? Do you know what? I agree. It does get to a point where you think I would... I would take someone like him just to see if that changes anything within our squad. But the problem, I think, runs deeper than who you get in. We've got so much dead wood in that squad that needs to be moved on. Um, I read something today where Steve Bruce has apparently said that Sean Longstaff hadn't featured at the weekend because it wasn't his turn to play. Like, you know, I don't understand that method. Why don't you just pick your best 11 and play them? Why are we taking it in turns? You know, they're not kids. And I think that's another midfielder 
you know, there's people that don't look interested in playing for us, you know, now, like Shelby. He runs around like he's got 10-ton boots on. Like, he just doesn't move anymore. Um, and, you know, Sean Longstaff, he hasn't looked interested for a long time. I hate saying that, because obviously he's a local local lad and it's nice to see, you know, them progress throughout the squad. As I don't know if it's, you know, it is just the Steve Bruce curse and they're all just miserable and fed up and can't be asked, but they're still being paid to play. So you expect to see some effort in them. But, yeah, it would be nice to see someone else. But as I would just love to see some of them just moved on and maybe give us an opportunity at finding someone who's not just not just another championship level player. You know, someone who's going to add a little bit of excitement to the squad rather than the same old type of player that we've seen to go for. Yeah, OK. Uh, Alicia, War Flags were back with a, a vengeance uh, after the Aston Villa game. What did you make of the flag? I was quite surprised to see it because they've been very under the radar and not posting much late and things like that. So I was quite surprised to see it. It's a very bold move. I'll give them that. Um, it's getting the point across if nobody's going to listen to her, I suppose, because nobody else is taking any notice so far. Um, I think it really highlights the problem. Like, if they can see it, physically like that and it's getting spoken about a lot more in the media and things like that you know the chronicle we're talking about they brought it forward to steve bruce and he said he was disappointed to see it well disappointed like what what's that to it like again i feel like he was trying to brush it off but um it's getting in the face of it a bit more and really pushing the issue of what we're trying to sort and wasn't just one i think there was about three in the end so it just shows what lengths we have to go to to actually get a point across. Yeah, the flags again, uh, Kendall, they're great ideas. And when when they put them up, the, the Premier League corruption one was fantastic. Uh, really hit the hit, you know really hit home. This one was just more simple and effective. You know, aimed at Mike Ashley, aimed at Steve Bruce. Um, simple but effective. Kendall. Sorry, my stream yard's been really slow for some reason. Um, no yeah, it, it was something, do you know what I mean? Like, it was something that we can't do right now, which is protest, voice our concerns, apart from on social media. Um, so it was something I really rate them for doing that. Um, you know, it all comes off their own back and they get the design sorted and it's all done very swiftly. And um, it's just shown that, you know, this is wider than what he thinks. It's wider than social media. All the fans are on board with it. I've seen so much positivity around the... Um, you know, the flag and the protest and stuff um, it to do with the flag. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And as Steve Bruce said, you're so disappointed to see it. But if you're so disappointed, fix it. Try. Just do something. Just You know, if you don't want to be disappointed and you don't want people to make these flags about you and say these things about you, stop making it worse for yourself in press conferences. Stop saying things against the fans that, don't, that make them not like you. And that make them even hate even more, even just regardless of the football that you're playing. Stop doing that. Fix it. Listen to what the fans are saying and want and think that you should do. Because clearly they have more clue than you and are in more unity than you are in your, against your tactics. Um, and, yeah, just try and take this on board and use it for a positive, um, you know, change in the club and the way that you play and the way that you manage. Yeah, fair enough. Sav, uh, what's your take on the flags that we saw up at the ground? Yeah, I think, you know, with the fans being out of stadiums at the moment, it's like one of the very few ways we can get our points across. And, you know, not that they're listened to, but I think it does send out a message. And, you know, Steve Bruce saying that he's disappointed. I agree with Kendall. If you're disappointed, then why are you still sending out the same old tactics? Is that, you know, it's all still going wrong. And, like, even... It, what frustrates me is like with his substitution, sometimes he can make them a lot earlier than what he does, and he doesn't. And the fact that they put flags, you know, flags around the stadium, like you said, the Premier League corruption one was brilliant. And I think, you know, to do that all off their own backs is, you know, amazing because that is a message that so many fans want to send out at the moment because we're not allowed to the stadium, but we can't. And that is actually really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I think it's only a positive from a fan's point of view, probably not from Steve Bruce's point of view. But, yeah, it's just getting um, our voices out there. 
Yeah, fair enough. Candles disappeared. Just having a few internet issues tonight, I think. So, Alicia, what did you make of the SM uh, back in the team? Uh, obviously, came on as a substitute. It was uh, probably the one bright spot, I thought, out of uh, a horrendous performance at Villa Park. Yeah, as soon as he came on, we just seemed to push up for those last 15 minutes. It was really strange. If we put that effort in for the rest of the game, we might have actually got something. Almiron, I feel is a lot more comfortable when he plays. When he's when he's not alongside, say, Maxman, I feel like he's held back. I feel like he's concentrating on what's going on behind him, of him knowing that he's got a track back. Whereas if he's got Alan alongside and there's kind of two of them, it takes the pressure off him. Um, but the bright spot, he was the only bright spot. And thank God he's back in the team because have we missed him and again we're relying on one player it seems to be the the running thing for Newcastle will rely on one player and the whole team as a whole is not good enough and we rely on this one star player and when it's not going good and he's not in the team we're knackered but again I'm hearing he won't start the game so yet again he'll probably bring him on in the 70th minute because he doesn't make a substitution until before then and then we'll have a bright 10 minutes when we're probably about 3-0 down <laughs> Okay, Sam, what's uh, your take on ASM? I mean, I was pleased to see him back. Um, you know, he's essentially, you know, he is a talisman in these bleak times. He's somebody who can change a game. And David Ginola's birthday today, another player who could do exactly that, Sav. Um, you know, who could change a game and get fans out of their seat when you're allowed in the stadium. So it was good to have him back, I suppose, and, you know, after his, after his health uh, problems. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was great to see him back. But do you know what made me laugh? It was just before he sort of disappeared away from the squad, we were all sat on here going, oh, yeah, I'd bench him for the next game. I'd bench him. He's not been very good. And he's amazing. Yeah. Now, you know, we've been through this drought of, you know, exciting play. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh, come back. Come back now. We want you playing 90 minutes straight away. I just think it's it's got to that sort of low ebb where you you quickly forget, you know, that that, that was going on. But I think it's great that he's back. Um um, it's a shame, you know, that he was out so long in COVID. How's how sod's law is it that our most exciting player was the one that was probably hit the worst by COVID out of everyone? Um, you know, it is it is good to see him. Definitely good to see him back. And I'd like to, I agree with what Alicia said about um, Almiron. I find that when St Max isn't on the pitch, he will, you know, he's he's everywhere. He's running around. He's mostly defending. But, you know, there is a change in him when ASM is on because they do play a little bit more forward. So hopefully, you know, that will be to come. You never know. We might get some excitement. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people saying Maximum and Ginola are, are not in the same sport, let alone the same league, says Paul Patterson. I wasn't comparing the two for technical ability. I was comparing the two for excitement levels. And believe you me, uh, he's the one player who does give us a little bit of excitement in that team. Um, you can't deny that. But as far as comparisons between him and Ginola are concerned, no, 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 no. David Ginola is uh, streets ahead. And I've got to agree with everybody, including you, Tim. Um <laughs> I think ESM, Kendall, it was just nice to see him back on the pitch. Yeah, it was just nice to see him back and, you know, give a bit, little bit of hope that we might have some creativity somewhere. Even, like, five minutes of positive creativity would just be amazing at this point because we have none whatsoever. Lovely to see him back. Lovely to see him that he's recovered. Really sorry if you can hear Amir singing in the background. She's singing Let It Go from Frozen. Um, <laughs> bless her, bless her. <laughs> Um, just thought I'd put that out there in case someone thinks you know Captain's <laughs> in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> but no, it was just it was nice to see him back. And I, you know, I've seen a few comments tonight about the comment that Dwight Gale threw out um, earlier in one of the videos that they posted, where he's like, "Oh, the saviour's back," and about Saint Maximin. But Saint Maximin retweeted it, so I don't think there was any um, malice behind it or anything like that. But you never know. It's just nice to have um, someone back that you can rely on for excitement and um, you know not a boring game he sometimes does dribble too much and sometimes loses the ball on the edge of the box but i don't care we need the box we need their box which is amazing <laughs> like that's phenomenal we're never ever anywhere close to it at this point so yeah really nice seeing back hope he's not rushed hope that his recovery is handled correctly um smoothly so that he doesn't get any further extensive injuries like we have done in the past um, and have, you know, made the mistake, well, we haven't, but um, Steve Bruce and his staff have made the mistake in the past of bringing him back too early um, and extending his injury. So I know this injury is different, um, 
So that's why I want it to be handled properly and not rushing back. Because as we say, Lascelles looked like he was couldn't even catch a breath the other night. So I don't want that to be him, and I don't want um, it to be you know detrimental to him and to us as a team. So. Yeah, lots of rumours flying around. Mark Henderson's put another one up. There's talk of Bournemouth and Newcastle talking over the sale of Matt Ritchie. Surely not, he says. Been something that we've been linked with many, many times and uh, get the impression he would uh, run back to Bournemouth at this present time because he's, he's certainly not getting much of a look in with Steve Bruce's Newcastle and that would be a big mistake for me, definitely. Um, Alicia, let's talk about Dubravka and Darlow. Uh, we've had this conversation many times on the show. Uh, Darlow has done really, really well in in covering for Dubravka. Um, you know, Steve Bruce made the decision to leave him in and keep him in. Um, you know, few people I saw on Twitter at the weekend saying you know maybe it was time to put Dubravka back in um, and, and you know drop Darlow now what's your views on that? It's a difficult one it's such a difficult one because going into it when Dubravka got, first got injured we were thinking oh god what's going to happen here he was saving us in game and Darlow fair play to him full credit to him stepped up to the plate when we really needed him um, even down to the Man United game, he couldn't even stand and he was still trying to save goals even though he conceded a few. He was still trying and you can see the effort in him, but the past few games, his distribution's been a bit all over, to be honest. Is it tiredness? Is it too many games? Because previous to this, he had played barely any. You know, we don't exactly get a cup run from to play in um, previous to that. Could it be a bit of fatigue starting to come in for him? Of course, you would like to see Dubravka getting a game in there. You know, we haven't got the FA Cup to use him in there now, but you don't want to start switching it too much. That's the balance you've got to get right. I do think it would be harsh to take him out straight away. I would give him a few more games to see if it's just a little bit of a blip and see if he can come back stronger. Kendall, Dubravka or Darlow? Seems to be a lot of support for Dubravka coming back in. Um, You know, a few weeks ago, I would have said, Dallow all the way, I didn't think it deserved to be dropped um, right now I think we need Dubravka back in we need his command and presence, we need him to organise the back line further because Lascelles isn't doing it right now um, no one else is stepping up to the plate, if Lascelles not there, Shelby's not doing it um, you know it's just not good enough and he does offer a lot more than Dallow in terms of, you know as I say his command and presence and um, shouting instructions from the goal line and organising the team better, um, so I think we could really really do with that right now and do with the energy and the morale boost to have someone like that in the team and um, just to help us along a little bit. And plus, he's our number one. It's about time we got back, let back in. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticising Darlow whatsoever. He has been absolutely vital, phenomenal for us since, obviously, since Dubravka's injury. He has been absolutely unbelievable and I will not criticise him and I'll have no bad words said against him. But I do think now we really need a character like Dubravka in the team just to lift us, boost us, um, you know, help us out in terms of organisation because clearly they have... OK, I'll turn it out in a second. Um, and clearly we have no organisation elsewhere and the players don't know what they're doing. Two of them going for the same ball at the same time and running around like headless chickens is just not working. So I think players like Lewis, for example, could really, um, you know, take a lot of guidance from a player like um, Dubravka who can direct him and help him out a little bit, especially when defensively his awareness isn't, like huge right now he could really really do with that support behind him so yeah I think now is the, probably the time for Dubravka to get back in Sav same question to you Dubravka or Darlow is it time to bring our, our original number one back yeah, do you know what I've noticed is since um, the Bradk has been back on the bench is that that is when Darlow seems to have slightly, not massively, but ever so slightly gone off the boil and is making little mistakes. And I just kind of wonder if the fact that he is sat over there and he know, you know, the stress is on. He knows that he makes too many mistakes, and then Dubravka's coming back in, and he's done so well prior to that. I just sort of wonder if that's kind of what the cause of what's been going on. Um, I. I would personally have to Bravka back. I agree. There's absolutely zero leadership on that pitch. Um, the sales, I don't know why he's got the captain's armband. Matt Ritchie's not getting a look in. Um, and they're all running around not knowing what they're doing. I think that, you know, a voice from the back would do us a world of good at the moment. Um, so, yeah, for that reason, I'd have to Bravka back. Darlow's done an amazing job, though. And I... If it wasn't for him, we'd be in a lot worse situation than what we currently are. And it's just that, you know, as I said before, we are just blessed with two really good goalkeepers. 
Yeah, we are. Barry Hogan says, what did the girls think of Bruce's admission that he'd injured Dummett by leaving him on the pitch too long? Wow, he's never done that before. What did he make of that, uh, Alicia? I don't think it was even leaving him on the pitch too long. He played him for three consecutive games when he'd just come back from injury, one which went extra time. I don't know what he was thinking then. It's just caused me yet again more problems. If he's admitted it, I'm very surprised by that because I'm surprised it's not our fault. Um, <laughs> but what on earth was he thinking? Yeah, yeah, Dummett's not one of our strongest players because of the injuries he's had. He has become very injury-prone over the years. But that's basic man management of knowing what to do with the players when they come back from injury. And it's what's knacked Alan St. Maxman over before. So I hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dummett, uh, we're talking about now, Kendall, and, and just Steve Bruce's admission that, uh, you know, by leaving him on the pitch, he's the one who's injured him. Well, is that a surprise to anyone, seeing as we've had that several times um, in his reign, where he's, as I've just mentioned before about St. Maximin, did exactly the same for him, was only meant to be out a couple of weeks, came back, ended up being out for six because he, he rushed him back. And that was partly St. Maximin's fault for saying he was fit, and obviously partly Bruce and his you know medical staff's fault for um classing him as fit um there's just he's done it several times and it hadn't before um it really does not surprise me like paul dummett's been out for months came back played three games on the bounce like it's just surely that's just common sense not to do that especially when he has just come back from like a long-term injury i just i really just can't even understand it to be honest but at this point does it surprise anyone honestly that he does that we you know he's got track record of doing it um, so it really is not surprising. If I was a player, why would you want to play under a manager that you know allows you to um, go and not be fit and still continue to play? It just seems really, really strange to me. Like even as we mentioned before about Kyle Darlow when he got injured and he didn't even take him off. Like it was literally limping in the goal and didn't even take him off. Like that's that's crazy, crazy man management. Um, especially when he's the one who wants to be you know their mate and wants to be looked at as the fair one and give people a turn like it's all it's all very strange and he hasn't learned still won't learn he'll do it again in the future probably um and hopefully not at us much longer but uh as we all say he's probably gonna be at the end of the season now so we'll <laughs> we'll wait we'll wait and see yeah sav uh dumb it. i mean it's it's it, it is rare to hear steve bruce admit he got something wrong um but yeah i mean it, it it's it's a pattern which we've followed with other players as kendall says yeah i reckon his scriptwriter took the day off for that one um <laughs> but yeah i think you know it is like kendall and alicia have said with darlow you know that was awful that was like 15 minutes we had a goalkeeper with one leg uh, and he just he just, he, I think he put um, Almer on, on, didn't he, or something. He did make a change, but it wasn't obviously to help Darlow out. It's just mad. And then he acts like, oh, you know, I've paid him too much and I've injured him. Dummett's a really injury-prone player. Like, he's injured more than he's fit. So you'd have to be really careful with a player like that in bringing them back. Um, and obviously, he's buggered this one up as well. I just, I don't understand... You know, at this level, you know, he goes on about how great the Premier League is. At the Premier League level, how you can keep consistently making mistakes like that. You know, he should that he should be aware of how much he's playing his players. You know, how often they're injured. If they have got a little niggle, you know, shoving them on for ninety minutes probably isn't recommended. He just doesn't seem to have that sort of you know brain power to connect them for one. You know. Liam Kennedy's thing, connect the dots and make sure that, you know, he is keeping the players fit. We've had so many injuries, it's just mad. Yeah, absolutely mental. Really, really is. And we didn't have half as many with uh, with Rafa. Um, Alicia, another question that's getting asked in the chat is, does Steve Bruce know his best 11, do you think? No, clearly not, because I sit there and I think sometimes I can make better managerial changes of what he's making. It chops and changes. Um, I don't think he knows his best creative team in terms of oh, playing Wilson on his own, or playing Carolyn Wilson, or playing Gill in there. Murphy, he's in the team, he's out the team. I, I don't know what he's doing. He does not know his best 11. One week we're playing three at the back with Hayden at centre back, who's a centre midfielder. I honestly do not think he knows in the slightest what his best 11 is. 
Okay, Kendall, what about you? Do you think Bruce knows his best 11? Absolutely not. Did I say something really, like, this might be the wrong number, but I'm sure I've seen something a couple of weeks ago, it might have even been on the show, where someone said he played, it was either like 38 players or like a combination, 38 combinations of different players, like, in different, it's just bizarre. That number might be wrong, but I did see it somewhere where he just, he played a completely massive amount of like different formations and different teams like surely at this point you allow 20 nearly 20 months into a job surely at this point you know what your strongest team is and if you don't know your strongest team you know your team that can attack certain other teams formations but he doesn't if we win a game he just uses the exact same team no matter who you play next like I was obviously I was on a couple of Leeds fan channels yesterday and they said the best thing that for us to do would be to play um like a three four three. But we'll never do that because Steve Bruce will just think, Oh well I was encouraged by what I saw at Aston Villa, so you know, let's just go with the exact same thing that we did because that's all he does, he just makes excuses prior to the next match so that he doesn't have to change anything and um it's like you know, defeated already. He just doesn't have an absolute clue on how who to choose, how to manage. He spent a hundred million on players, um, and you know, half the man even like playing sometimes, like Joel Linton and spent forty million on Joel Linton and he's not playing, you've brought Fraser in, albeit on a free, but he barely plays. You're playing Jeff Hendrick as a winger, it's like he just really doesn't know what the strongest starting eleven is, if you will, and he doesn't know how to change it to um match other teams and you know, try and um, outplay them. He just doesn't have the sense to do it. Or I don't even think really, as he said himself, he's bang average. I don't think he has the capability to, you know, do like a um, a tactical change at all, really. So it's just it's just stressful. It's horrible to watch. As Alicia said, I really do think that half of our fan base have more knowledge in terms of how to set a team up um, than him. So... Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't know his strongest 11 at all. Phil Davison says it's 38 players used in 60 plus yeah, games. It's I something thought, I'm. I thought 38 was the number, but I, I mentioned. I mentioned. I think I mentioned it last Friday on the Three Amigos. I think it was me who came up with that stat. I mean, that's frightening, Sav, really. I, I think that maybe that stat answers the question for you. Yeah, it's mad. There's no consistency to his decisions in a squad. and... You know, it's. I think I read something somewhere else as well where he'd have seven different combinations in midfield, in centre midfield. You know, how can you not know, as manager who watches those players in training, who watches them, who stands on the sideline at the matches, who your strongest eleven are? He's been in that job for eighteen months now. He's had money to spend in the squad. You know, something that Rafa didn't. He's had like non-complete control, and he still, you know. Sometimes you'll put out a lineup, and I'll think, "What the hell is this?" And you'll think, even you know, as a fan, you know that's not going to work. I mean, the false ten idea—I didn't even know what a false ten was up until that. I've learned, I learned something new that day. But I, like, what was even what was he thinking that you know, playing that sort of football when we can't even play normal football? You know, going beyond outside of the box on that idea. I just, I, it's. Absolutely boggling. I just, I just, oh, I, I have no words for him anymore. He just makes me really angry, and I'll just turn into Katie sitting here blaring out swear words. So, I, but I just, I don't get it. I don't get how he's still, you know, what, how he's still major. It just boggles me. Yeah, I mean, he came up with this wonderful stat on um, at the end of the game. We're talking about playing Ryan Fraser together, uh, Ryan and um, Alanson Maximin together. And I, I picked up on a tweet here from uh, Ryan Davison. Um, this was Bruce's quote. He says, I've never been able to play Ryan and Alan together. So then, you know, Ryan Davison, 11 on Twitter, went and had a look at the stats. And uh, he has in 37% of our games and chose to in just one, which was Wolves away. In three games, he actually subbed Fraser on for ASM. Uh, Brighton at home, Burnley at home and Everton at home. And then in two games, Fraser was an unused sub. West Ham and Man United. It's, uh, I mean, it beggars belief. He, he just says the first thing that comes into his head, doesn't he, Alicia? He doesn't actually put put his brain into gear before he, you know, before he speaks. I, he doesn't have a filter. He just no. says, like, the first thing that comes into his head. And uh, to be fair, I think he uses that with his team selections as well. But... Um, yeah, half the things he says, he's saying things that 
statistically on paper you can see you've had the opportunity to do that and then we get the blame for everything else so <laughs> he just honestly he just says the first thing that comes into his head that kind of i don't know it's like a weird kind of ego boost way that he has to be in the right and it, everything has to be like kind of warm was me and oh i've never had the chance to do this and it's great to say but you have you just chose not to yeah, it, it, it's a strange situation that Kendall, isn't it? When 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 somebody just just says what the first thing that comes into their head, especially when they're a Premier League manager and they're in the media spotlight, he just says whatever it is to suit his narrative that he's the victim and that we're the ones expecting too much and that he can't do the things that we're expecting of him. Like that's what he does. He he twists something to suit his narrative that he's the one that's trying and that we're the one expecting too much and that we're delusional thinking that he can do these things when actually, in reality, he can do these things. He chooses not to because he's inept and doesn't have a clue on how to manage certain players or a certain formation of a team. just doesn't know that. Um, and as Alicia said, he just he always wants to be the victim and he always wants to look like, um, you know, we as fans and the noise um, expects too much of him that he cannot like commit to which is untrue he said so many things in the past or oh, like he said i think it was last week newcastle haven't finished top half of the table since for, for 15 years or something like that and someone was like well actually that's untrue again finished you know 10th twice 8th once 5th once like so he just he just lies to suit his own story and his as i say his own narrative it's actually embarrassing at this point just if you don't really know that that's not true just leave it do not make it worse for yourself which is exactly what he's doing week in week out i'm expecting him to say something wilder the next week uh, honestly at one point I, i'm just expecting him to do like a absolute mental breakdown just start screaming and ranting and preaching <laughs> at everyone like because I, I would not even put a past him now the way he's behaving at this point yeah, Sav, it, it's just strange listening to him. I think that's one of the things that gets on Newcastle's fans' wicks the most, just listening to the rubbish that he comes out with. I know, and it was like, he used to say, you know, the work in progress thing, everyone always says it. But I've noticed lately he's dropped that, and now he's like, oh, well, it's Newcastle. We're supposed to be in the bottom half of the table. And it's like, hold on a minute, where's your work in progress? Because if you started, you know, in the middle of the bottom half of the table, surely you've got to be, after 18 months, taking that forward and not still sat there. But he's dropped that little bit now so that, you know, he's not throwing that in so that can't be used against him. He, like, as um, Kendall was saying, he'll say anything that will fit his narrative, no matter how ridiculous it sounds or how untrue it is. It's like gaslighting. Like, he'll say something to make himself look better and, you know, to make us out to be delusional fans who are just picking on him because we want, you know, we want to be, we want to win the league and, you know, that he makes out that we're saying. And it's not like that. I mean, he's, um, his press conferences make me actually angry because half the time he says the same old crap. Every, you know, we dust ourselves off. We're going to go out there. We're going to roll our sleeves up. We're going to try our best every single match. But then he'll go, but, you know, our opposition are really great. No matter who they are, they could be a Sunday league team and they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to try our best today. It is just every single bloody week. It drives me insane. And then, you know, when he's pushed into a corner, he'll just lash out. He'll be like, oh, no, that's the fans' fault. That's that bunch of keyboard warriors all picking on me. That's why I don't go on Twitter. I don't even go on. And he's just like, for God's sake, just change the record. Try something new. Try not to have everyone hate you. Don't lash out and just. But I don't think he'll ever change. Sadly, I think he's just going to remain the same until you know he sails off into the sunset one day. Yeah, I've got to agree. Tomorrow night, season Newcastle take on Leeds at home. Six o'clock start live on BT Sport. Um, team news at the moment: Fernandez, Dummett, and uh, Kieran Clark miss out due to injury, while DeAndre Yedlin is reportedly unavailable, unbelievably due to paperwork issues. Uh, Manquillo is rated 50-50. Saturday, of course, we saw ASM back. Ryan Fraser, Dwight Gale and uh, Manquillo all return to action. Uh, hopefully there'll be no ill effects to ASM and he will be firing on all cylinders and maybe get a little bit more tomorrow. Leeds United's goalkeeper has returned to training. That's Meslier. Uh, he's missed the last two games. Uh, Robin Koch, uh, Gitano Berardi and Diego Laurenti won't feature. 
this will be the first game for Leeds United since their 1-0 home defeat by Brighton on the 16th of January, which is a third successive loss without scoring in all competitions. Referee tomorrow is Anthony Taylor. Uh, finish off, girls, just by getting your predictions. Alicia? Oh, my head says we're going to get beat, but my heart wants to say we'll come away with 1-1 draw. I do want to say, but I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds. 2-1 Leeds, okay. Kendall? 3-1 Leeds is my prediction all over the weekend, so I'll stick with that. Okay, and Sav, your prediction? Well, if I had any hope in us scoring a goal, I'd say that we've managed to bang one in, but looking at us lately, you know, just scoring a goal seems like a miracle, so I'm going to go 3-0 Leeds. 3-0 Leeds. Kendall, give us a quick promotion for your channel, please. We gave Alicia the opportunity at the start of the show, so where can people find your content? Yeah, just Kendall Rowan. If you just type me in on YouTube, it'll come straight up. There's a lot of Kendall Rowans out there. Um, so yeah, find me on there, and I am uploading. Um, uh, I am uploading more consistently on there now. So there's only one Kendall Rowan. There's no <laughs> no other Kendall Rowans. <laughs> Alicia <laughs> Kendall. <laughs> great great to see you both doing well with your channels and uh, there's a lot of people in the chat says Sav needs to start our own channel so there you go Sav there's something I am starting one but you know it's like that thing I just want to get it right I don't want to come in there and everyone be like well that was crap it's just yeah. that side of thing. so I'm just sort of it's in my brain to do there's not many brain cells in there but it is in the working it's going to happen <laughs> good stuff well good luck with it girls great to have you on and uh, I'll see you next week have a good week take care bye bye Talking to myself again